Hello, and welcome to Your Living Autopsy, a podcast dedicated to helping you dig in and unpack what's going on within so you can live your very best life. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, and welcome back to Your Living Autopsy. Last week, we talked about how to trust your gut. The process is simple, but as one of my favorite ballet teachers, Donna Carver, used to say, simple as an uncomplicated, not as an easy. Being able to trust your intuition and your gut, whatever you want to call it, it's essential in my opinion. I know it was for me. Otherwise, I felt like I was just waiting for the floor to crumble underneath my feet without any real plan to find solid ground. Or as I detailed in the last episode, like I was walking through a haunted house, which I hate. Before we go further, I want to make one thing super clear. Being able to trust your gut is not the same thing as always making the right choices. Case in point, I have learned to listen to mine, investigate, follow through, and I can say I still make the wrong decision all the dang time. So if you're thinking, oh, my life will be perfect if I can just nail this, not so fast. You're still human. You're still fallible. Being able to trust your gut is just one of the many tools in your toolbox. And don't get me wrong, it's a big one. It's super helpful. It just doesn't make you a superhero or perfect. Wow, can you believe it's our last episode in this first season? Our last step? I can't. When I started this podcast, I had no idea where this would lead us. I had an outline, sure, but as the weeks progressed, I stopped looking at my original plans. I started writing on Sundays and Mondays with only the step's name in front of me. And it worked for me. It's a version of me learning to trust myself. And I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Today is about the brain. I feel like this is the perfect way to wrap up season one. Because, I mean, the brain is what got us into this, isn't it? How you feel is one thing. But how much you think about it is another. I remember sitting at my parents' kitchen table back when I was newly divorced. I thought about my circumstances every minute of every day. It consumed me to the point that I became a shell of my former self. I mean, to be fair, on one hand, I didn't want to remain the same, but I also didn't want to be a shell. I wanted to be whole. That wasn't going to be possible if I stayed in the loop of just thinking about my life, though. And that's why I got started in my own personal living self-autopsy in the first place. Wallowing and thinking and dwelling wasn't really getting me anywhere. I needed to do something. Now, if you're hearing me say that the brain is what got me into trouble, that's not what I'm getting at. What I am trying to get at is how powerful the brain is and how much more effective it can be when you pair it with a goal. A goal like a self-autopsy. Think about how much you've discovered about yourself in the past 12 weeks. Think about how much you already knew before you started but now have confirmed. Put those two together you should at the very least feel informed. When I did this work, it was a mixed bag. 
some stuff I knew without a shadow of a doubt already. Except I didn't trust myself, so I needed to make doubly sure. And some stuff I thought I knew, but I simply wasn't satisfied with that assumption. That's why making sure you look at everything rather than cherry picking is important. And intel is intel, even if it's just reminding yourself that it is true. So, your brain. I feel like I haven't asked you to write as much as we've moved through the last steps, but I guess I figured you would have gotten used to writing by now. <laughs> so to close out this last step, I want to bring that wannabe teacher back. How are you feeling right now? Write it down. Write down how you're feeling about your identity. If you feel differently about yourself than you did at the beginning, whether that be better or worse. I've met plenty of people who would prefer not to open up the hard envelopes of their lives, whether that be family or past traumas, what have you. And you might be the same. But hey, if that's you and you're raw and uncomfortable and almost wish you'd never started this whole mess, Think about that for a second. The yuck inside you was going to burn a hole through you sooner or later. Why? Because while it may entail your life, the family you were born into, the people you brought in yourself, that yuck is not you. The circumstances are not actually you. They're just a part of your life. I had a lot of anxiety yesterday. I just did. It overwhelmed me and I had to talk myself down. But then I closed my computer and I saw a bumper sticker I designed last year with the exact message I needed to hear. I am more than what I'm going through. That's what it said. And I am. You are too. The reason I bring this up during the episode about the brain is that it starts to feel like it is you. All the stuff you discover kind of feels like it's you. You know the saying that if you think something long enough, it becomes the truth? Well, that extends to a bold-faced lie, right? My brain told me that I was at fault for my sexual trauma for years. Even after therapy, I held on to the belief that I had totally disappointed God, that I was useless, that wasn't true at all, but you couldn't tell me that. My brain said it was, so it was. The trajectory that life sent me toward, I, I sometimes wonder how different it would have been had I realized sooner that it was my response to the trauma, not the truth. My brain, as wonderful as it is, kept me in a pattern of thinking that I didn't realize I could challenge. I saw my thoughts as factual. If I think, well, it must be. That's not how it goes. Your brain is wonderful. But it's not infallible. Just like your heart, just like everything about you, you have to check it all the time. And that's not because you don't believe in it, but because you do. The best of the best out in the world are subjected to checks and balances. Why? Lack of trust? Maybe, but the design was probably more idealistic than that. The best people, the best minds need to be challenged, need to be kept accountable. 
So why shouldn't your brain receive the same? A thought isn't a fact just because you believe it. It's a fact because it's scrutinized and then verified. I think there's a massive amount of displaced pride rolling around. And I'm not discounting myself from all this. I don't know what it is, but no one wants to make a mistake. Nobody wants to be wrong. It's like we forgot that we started out with absolutely no knowledge at all. We learned everything we know from scratch. Babies don't assume they know anything. They try, they fall, they get back up. No shame, just the drive to do it again. Try it again. Trial and error is the way of the world. It's the best way to learn, and in my opinion, it can be the most effective if you actually take the error into account. But I find that most of us try to sidestep that part so that we don't have to feel anything that we don't want to feel. So that we don't mess up. Again, I'm including myself in this. But sidestepping, knowing it all, it literally has gotten me nowhere. And nothing. And that's not because people found out I don't know it all. But because what truly matters doesn't have anything to do with knowing it all. It's a cliche, but they say that life is about the journey, the learning as you go. But cliches are cliches for a reason, right? At least most of them. It is about the journey. Your best foot forward is the real foot forward. The best stories aren't the perfect ones. They're the ones with an arc, with a struggle, a choice. You wouldn't watch a movie where the person never made a mistake. You wouldn't read a book where the person didn't have a choice to make. The best of humanity is the whole of humanity. And again, this includes you. So as we close this season, I want to make sure you hear me. Your brain will continue to tell you things. Some of it will be, don't tell anyone about X or Y because then you will never fill in the blank. One day your brain might tell you that you should feel like an absolute failure, when really that failure could be a window into something that you align with even more. Or you might believe that you're not good enough for this person or that life. If you hear any of those thoughts in your head, stop thinking and start checking your work. Look into them and shine a bright light onto them picking every single allegation apart in your own little interrogation room. Write everything down if that helps. Facts are easier for me to spot if I write them down. Lies are too. When you find something, gather every piece of evidence that you can to either support it or defy it. And when you come to your conclusion, then and only then should you accept the answer. You know I want you to start believing in yourself. But sometimes that starts with a little bit of doubt. Like a true detective who arrives at a crime scene, zero assumptions should be made until the evidence supports it. Your brain might have the edge on your memory, the nurturing of the date and the time for so long that you believe it based on that and that alone. It's grandfathered in, so it can't be wrong. Wrong. <laughs> It can, and you're the only one who can stop that cycle. 
that is the best news ever when you decide to embrace your power. And so as we finish up, I want you to write down anything that's coming up for you as I talk about evidence and your brain being quote unquote sure of things. After you do, write down how you know why. Like, how are you certain? And then write your doubts. Be proud of the doubts in this moment. They are the challengers here. Argue with your doubts until you're satisfied that you have found the truth of all truth. And finally, look at your life against this newly discovered truth. Think about what has to be adjusted for the actual truth to live inside you. What needs to change? What needs to stay put? Every single thing I have said here in the last 12 weeks, it's in your wheelhouse. It was all there to begin with. You just needed to be introduced to it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next season. Before I go, I want to thank my dad, Dan Huff, because he created the music for this podcast and it's awesome. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Ashlyn and this is Your Living Autopsy. And remember, today is done, but tomorrow is up for grabs. You got this.
Hi, I'm Ashlyn, and welcome back to Your Living Autopsy. Last week, we talked about what ails you, what you're dealing with either physically or mentally on a daily basis. I told you about my issues with my allergic asthma and what toll it took on me during the years I was singing professionally. I told you about the shame I had when I realized I'd been picking at my fingers or biting my nails. And I talked about my severe anxiety. I asked you to answer a few questions about what you're dealing with. Like whether it's something you know of or suspect. If you've gotten a diagnosis. If you've shared what you're going through with anyone else. How you feel about what you're going through and how you would feel if someone else was struggling with the same thing. I harp on this a lot, but I really do believe that sharing your struggles with others is the only way to go. I'm not saying have full disclosure and shout it all from the rooftops, no. Not everyone deserves to be brought in on your private life, I realize that. But the right people do, and those people can make such a difference, as well as you can make one for them. Why do you think there are support groups everywhere, specific ones? Because people need people who understand them. Today is about the stomach. I swear mine just growled when I said that. Anyway, today is about the stomach, and I have a few ideas on how I want to do this. When I first outlined this podcast, because, you know, I'm the type of person who outlines a podcast... I was planning to talk about how important your gut is, how your gut can literally tell you if you're in an unhealthy situation, as well as help you make decisions. I'm still going to talk about it, but the thing is, I already talked about it a couple times already. I couldn't wait. My personal gut story was such a big aha moment for me during a really tough time. It was not a good environment, and my belly tried and tried to tell me. And then it helped me all over again when I was dating post-divorce and I got nauseous when I was with someone who probably wasn't the right one for me. So if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about this. But I feel like it bears repeating. My gut knew I didn't trust myself to make decisions. It knew a little nudge was not going to be enough for me. Intuition? Psh. I didn't think I had one anymore. I don't know if any of you have ever watched the show Scandal, but Carrie Washington's character, Olivia Pope, always trusted her gut when it came to who she brought on as a client. I remember watching that and being like, mm, must be nice. Now, don't get me wrong, I used to have a heightened sense of intuition. It was almost annoying to me back then. But as life went on and I made some wrong decisions and found myself in bad situations, like on my 19th birthday for one, I questioned myself. And once I got divorced, any semblance of a gut feeling was absolutely blown out of the water. Question. Do you know how it feels to be gutless? It is scary. It is like walking through a pitch black haunted house and I hate haunted houses. If you love them, Great. Just pick another analogy that does scare you. When I was younger in Nashville, my friends and my boyfriends, they were all about going to these haunted houses during Halloween. 
And I was such a people pleaser that I went anyway. Idiot. One in particular that we went to was an actual abandoned jail, and it was awful. I knew crazy was around the corner. I knew I was going to see something I didn't want to see. And if we had a few quiet steps, it was only a matter of time before I screamed again. What did all that equal? Well, I was in fight or flight mode every single moment, even after we left because I was sure I would be the one to get chased by a freaking chainsaw. Okay, saying all that makes me really glad it's not October right now. I can't be peer pressured. (laughs) Anyway, I think I made my point about how it feels not to trust my own gut. I'm blind and sure of the doom that's headed my way, and I don't feel like I can control one bit of it. Truthfully, it's not a great way to live. But during some parts of my life, I just wanted to survive. If not being able to trust yourself is the worst, being able to is the best. I can say that now because I am dialed in after all the self-work I went through to get here. Toxicology and relationships? Yeah, I know immediately when something doesn't feel right or jive. I might not always know why I think so, but I definitely know enough to investigate it. And the biggest game changer for me is to follow through on that investigation and then to trust the results I find, rather than to find a way to explain them away. Let's do a little how-to right now. How do you trust your gut? How can you know if you can? Well, I think it's pretty simple, and it takes a little bit of trial and error. The moment you feel a little mm, stirring or like, you know what I mean. Something is different. And you're super aware of it all of a sudden. Follow it. Put it to the test. That doesn't mean you tell everyone what you're doing. That doesn't mean it's a big to-do. It can be super minor, but you have to nurture this gut feeling. You have to see if it pans out. Usually it does. I just forgot that. So the next time something happens and you just don't feel right about it, look into it. And if you're right, if your little instinct, whatever was cropping up, whatever made you feel a little off is correct, then you know that maybe the next time it happens, you can trust it. You don't have to do the investigation. You don't have to follow it. You can just trust it. And then it happens again and again and again. And before you know it, you're trusting yourself completely. You're trusting yourself to know when something is wrong or not worth it. And it might never feel easy to follow through with. For instance, you might really want to like this person. You might really want this to go well or keep going. You might really want this job. But in your gut, you know it's not going to lead you to where you ultimately want to go. How do you know that? Because you've checked your gut and you've followed your intuition enough to know that, unfortunately, it's probably right. Kind of like one of those parents who know better before you do, 
You can keep testing them. You can keep trying it out and see what happens. But that dang parent, I'm thinking of my dad right now and it's really irritating. That parent knew exactly what they were saying to you. My dad did not want me to go into a kid's group when I was younger because he said it was not the right thing to do for me. All these years later, I know he was right. Your gut is that parent. Your gut knows better than you do because your gut doesn't have the heart and the soul and the emotions tied to it. Hopefully that helps you a little bit more. This whole podcast is meant to ultimately get you to trusting yourself. Why? Because you know yourself. Because you know where you came from. Who you are at this very moment. And where you want to go. Because all the other stuff isn't clouding your vision. This podcast isn't always easy, meaning the steps aren't always the easiest ones, which is why I find that I didn't make them for the longest time. They weren't comfortable. Some of them weren't even familiar. Some of them were like a different language. But just like when you follow through with your gut and you listen to it, because you know you can trust it to be looking out for you the most, it is worth the pain, the growing pain. It is worth separating from something that you have felt familiar and comfortable with for a long time. And it's worth it because if you know where you want to go, your gut is part of the vehicle to get you there. So if you want to go there, You got to get there. Like I told you before, I didn't trust my gut because of all the other circumstances that piled on, the emotions I had, the beliefs I developed because of all those things. But I could. I really, truly could have the whole time. The question was, was I going to listen Was I going to follow through? And that's the thing I want to make sure to leave you with today. You can start to trust it, but it's only going to make a difference if you trust it and do something about it and go in the direction that you really know is best for you, best for your family, best for your future. The difference is life-changing. It was for me. There are so many things in my past that I wonder if I had just trusted and listened and done something about it, where would I be today? And I'm not saying that I don't love my journey. I do. I'm very grateful for it. But you know, sometimes you just wonder, how could that have gone differently? Did I have to learn that lesson that way? (laughs) Did my life have to explode? I know in my gut that you can get here. Yeah, that was a little 
goofy and yeah, I wish I maybe hadn't said that, but <laughs> we're coming to a close with our first season and our 12 steps. And I want to make sure that you are armed with all the information possible. Let's do whatever you have to do so that you can trust yourself and be able to listen to your gut, your body, your mind, your spirit. It is all so helpful if you let it have its say. So let it. Next week is our final step in this season, the brain. <laughs> 